You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Four, three, two, one. <laughs> this is really good. Very music right here. Oh my goodness. We're, we're experimenting with intro music. It's not going so well. Anyway, welcome <clears> to the <throat> Upper Hand Fantasy uh, Podcast, everybody. Um, we do things on Tuesdays now, too. Today's Thursday, but we See. do things on Tuesdays. We do the Waiver Wire Podcast on Tuesdays, Start Sets on Thursdays. Eventually, we try to make this every single day. Actually, are we? I don't know if we are, but I, I want to make it as often as possible. Um, but, you know, just want to get into some news. Joey, how you doing, man? Yeah, no, I, I feel good. Um, you still hungover from last Thursday? Yeah, I'm still. You still hungover? No? Okay. <laughs> no. But, okay? um, actually, I want to take a minute to talk about a trade situation that happened Damn, in one of my all of a sudden, you just get right into it, huh? But that's why we're here. All right, oh, that's, that's true. All right, so this was a my big money league, and I made a trade with someone. They accepted it, and there was... You know, usually that's the end of it. But the league managers, two of them, did not like the trade. And there was a huge issue about whether it should be vetoed or not for like two or three days. And I now, ended up did doing... Did they end up officially vetoing it? Um, It ended up as a compromise and parts of the trade went through. Okay. So, so you had to not only agree with the other league manager, but you had to agree with the rest of the league. Um, well, it was a trade I made. It was in my favor. And the league managers did not agree. They took a vote. Can we hear the trade? Yeah, ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Alright, so there's defensive players involved. But, let's see. The trade was officially... Ah, okay. So the trade was... Philip Rivers... This is what I traded away. Okay. Philip Rivers... Everson Griffin, Royce Freeman, and Doug Baldwin for Kareem Jackson, who is the uh, so the I, the defensive players are by position, so we have to have two corners starting, and I got Kareem Jackson, who is number one ranked corner as far as fantasy points. Doing pretty well right now. Uh, Amari Cooper, I tried to buy low. This was before that he had this big game. Okay. And Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So. Philip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, Everson Griffin, Kareem Jackson, Royce Freeman, Doug Baldwin for Amari Cooper, basically. Okay. okay. Now, what was the advantage for the other owner? The what, other owner needed was, defensive line help. Okay. They needed extra running back depth. Okay. And the rules in this league are kind of crazy. You get points for rush attempts and right. stuff like that. Right. So Freeman still averaging at least 10 points a game. Yep. And he was starting Derrick Henry at this point, so it was like he really right. well, didn't have anyone. He might have three moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's downgrading from Rodgers, but then he gets Doug Baldwin. 
Um, the whole point of me buying low was that... Derrick Henry might not even get 10 points if you count the one point per snap. Exactly. So, okay, sorry, I had to add that in there. No, it's okay. And so, yeah, and as a Mark Cooper owner, he's frustrated with Cooper as far as the whole entire season. Um, didn't really look at his outlook as positive. Sure. So I took advantage of that. Right. right. As you should. As I should. And there's nothing about that trade. Like, it's not two top-tier running backs. The downgrade from Rodgers to Rivers, at least this year, isn't that bad. Rodgers and Rivers, I mean, I think... I mean, it's... Obviously, Rodgers is better. Exactly. But either way... Yeah. This I, is an example of uh, salty managers. Yeah, and I should also mention I am 8-1 and one in this league, currently in oh, first place. so salty managers, not only being salty, but salty against the, the league leader. The other league manager was also, I believe, 7-2. and two. I had just beaten them the week before, and they have a really good team as well. Wow. So... Um, so these these are just everybody just hating on the on the top. Teams. Oh yeah, nobody just want my my team's already really really good. I get it, man. So I'm first in my home league too. Um, mm-hmm. my, my team is you know good, but it's it's probably not the best team in the league. Like when you look at it on paper, but um, not only am I going against uh, the team I'm going like I'm playing that week, but everybody's obviously hoping that I lose. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see it. You know. Um, which is a great position to be in, and you like it because if you win, like you, you know, you get to chip away at their happiness just a little bit. Yeah, for which sure. Which is nice. Uh, but yeah, no, that's just an example of salty owners, which is why if you have a good commissioner, and I don't know if you have a good commissioner in your league, if you have a good commissioner, it should be, in my opinion, so I'm the commissioner of this league. Okay. I have zero veto. I, like, there's no veto. Like, no one can veto a trade. Um, even the, And there's no commissioner review. So the trade happens instantaneously. So if I make a trade with you, that player is on my team and your my player is on your team right away. But if there's collusion, I could obviously reverse it by yeah. going in and editing rosters. Um, and I and think that's the only way that I would do it if there was collusion. Like if there's and like, I think as far as trade etiquette, this is probably a lesson for everybody else as we get closer to the trade deadlines in most fantasy leagues. I think it's like the end of November, middle of November, around the usual trade deadlines. This Saturday. Yeah, so a lot of the trade deadlines are actually ending this week. I think by default, ESPN has this is the last week gotcha. you can I trade. Too. Yeah, but um, either way, so trades should not be vetoed unless there is clear collusion. Agreed. If there is no collusion, or for those who don't know collusion, it's uh, wrongdoing, like people paying someone for players or. Um, let's say the team's like 0-8, they're not making the playoffs, and they trade away all their best players to a team just so they win. Like Situations like that, it's okay to veto. But just in general, if you have a big money league, and this person has $100 in, just like I do, and they chose to make the trade, they accepted it. If they didn't do the research, that was their fault, and that was their loss. So It's not even about doing the research. You can do the research, but not have the balls to actually make the trade. Exactly. And that's key too, right? Like I'm willing to put my good players on the line for their good players. And I believe in that just because you don't believe that I should get those players. Doesn't mean that, you know, if you wanted that player, you should have tried to trade for him. Maybe you didn't have the pieces to do it. doesn't mean that you shouldn't have anybody else do it. So that's just being salty. That's just hating. Yeah. Um, And as far as what trade did actually go through, it was the same trade just without the quarterbacks. So I still have reverse. He still has Rogers. Gotcha. Which isn't so bad. Which isn't that bad. Obviously, you have a little bit of a ceiling. With and I have Rogers. plenty of depth, and I could probably trade for Rodgers if I wanted to anyway. Right. So. Okay. Okay. That, oh, that's a really interesting story. I mean, I, I tried 
I'm trying really hard this week just to make moves just because the trade deadline's coming up and I feel like I just need to. Um, it's just part of the fun. Like Part of the fun of fantasy football is making trades. I've been, in my family league, I've been hoarding all the running backs. <laughs> and if Le'Veon Bell officially doesn't show up, I'm trading every single one of them away because I, I have James Conner. I get it. I mean, oh, oh yeah, that's funny. I mean, I just picked up C.J. Anderson, like, for tonight. Like, you know, you got to pick up these, on Thursday nights especially, like, pick up the, the handcuff. If you have an empty bench spot. Yeah, just pick up the handcuff. Like, I, I dropped, who did I drop? I dropped Maurice Harris. I might play Maurice Harris this weekend in PPR. Um, uh, Crowder was spotted at practice today um, doing individual drills and stuff. So, he might not. But, you know, Morris can cl- he, Harris can clear waivers and I can pick him back up on Sunday. Or he's got good hands. Yeah, he does, and um, you know he's looked good um, in the slot. He'll be fine this mat this week against Tampa Bay. It's, it's a pretty good matchup in the slot. So, uh, but anyway, I picked up C.J. Anderson because if you know um, Christian McCaffrey were to go down, hope that doesn't happen. But if he does, if he does, C.J. Anderson will be obviously the top waiver priority this week because he's he's a potential three down back. Yeah, he can catch the ball. And those those guys are are are, are valuable. By the way, last week, as a Christian McCaffrey owner, when I saw Alex Arma get that one yard touchdown, mm-hmm. you were tight. I was tight. Yeah, and, th- and that's the problem with being a running back on the Panthers because yep. you have a chance to get vultured on the at the end zone, like on the one yard line, so many different ways. Like it's not even funny, but that's just part of it. Yeah, and um, just one last little piece of advice. Before the trade deadline, it is ideal. Let's say you have a lot of depth, right? So this is my situation. I have Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, and Aaron Jones. That Those are your running backs? Those are my running backs. This, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. So, so this you, is a 12-person league. You made a bunch of moves to get these guys. Yeah. Okay. So this is a 12-person league. Now, you have to sell at least two of those guys. Okay. Right? So I can trade away um, I could trade away Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook, pick up or try to get Austin Eckler and um, get like Chase Edmonds. Right. Right? You just pick up the handcuffs because they're always available. Right. Nobody else is using them. And if either of them get hurt, you have a viable three down back right. in return. So there's no reason to keep these guys rotting on your bench if you're not going to put them in your lineups because the only reason you're putting them in your lineups is if the guys you have get hurt. Right. So why not upgrade other positions and make some moves? Exactly. Because there's no more bye weeks. There's no reason to put these guys in your lineup. Right. So that's what I'm really working on. Um, a lot of that depends for me if James Conner remains as a starter, if Le'Veon Bell is out because then I have three good running backs. I can do flex, running back one, running back two. But this team is absolutely insane. We're going to find out in four days. We are, but from the reports I've seen, uh, Le'Veon Bell has no reason to come back. Yeah, and the, the the thing is, who knows what the actuality of the situation is, like when it comes to, because nobody's giving a definite answer as far oh, as... Oh, and we're probably not going to know, there's probably going to be some other like loophole exactly. where it's like, like week 14, we'll be like, oh, uh, Le'Veon Bell can still... <laughs> well, it's not even that, like maybe he does have to show up on Tuesday. You don't have to sign his deal to become eligible for to become a free agent. You know, I don't think it's definitive that that's not the case either. <laughs> um, you know, we're hearing all these different sources. Well, even if he doesn't show up, even if he doesn't sign his franchise tag at all, he can still be transition tagged. Right. And from that point, I believe he can still become a free agent or be traded. 
Right, and then there's something about like he'll be considered still a third third year franchise player. In yeah, and he doesn't have to. He, yeah. he, he can become a free agent still. In the third franchise, he'll be making a quarterback salary of like right. twenty five million dollars right. a year. Exactly. So, which is for those who don't know, absolutely ridiculous. It's not going to happen. The, the Steelers wouldn't do that. Le'Veon Bell wanted fifteen million. The Steelers right. offered him fourteen, and that was still a lot more than any other running back in the league. So right. $25 million is just totally out of the question. Yeah. He's not going to be franchise-tagged to third year. It's either yeah. going to be a long-term deal or he's going to be on a different team. From what I've heard, the Jets are really going to make a push to get him. I hope not. I, I hope not either because they have so much stuff they need to fix. Seriously. They have they cap. Don't. They have cap. They right? have the cap, but I'd rather spend it elsewhere. I want an edge rusher. You know, I want weapons. Um, as a Jets fan, you as want... As a Jets fan, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to spend all that money on the running back when we can just... <laughs> You know, Elijah McGuire, you know, we have Crowell. Like, we'll be all right at running back. We're just fixing offensive as line much as I, As much as I, I know this isn't starting sits, but as much as I like Marlon Mack, right. I think the Colts should make a move for Bell. Because yeah. they're not too, too far from being a playoff caliber team. Right. They have the offense. They got some really good defensive pieces over the last couple of years. Um, they're going to have a mid to high draft pick this year. Spend that with some more draft capital, get better defense, make some moves in free agency like Le'Veon Bell, and you cut yourself a really good team, especially with Andrew Luck at full caliber now. For sure. I mean, but do you think Frank Reich would change his running back philosophy for Le'Veon Bell? I think it, does, it just doesn't fit into what he does. I don't think it fits either, but Chris Ballard, is that his name? The Ballard, GM? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He might Ballard. want to be aggressive because this Colt, Jim Ursay and the Colts have not, there's a lot of pressure. To be good. You think Jim Ursa is drinking, like, as we speak? <laughs> like, right now? That's not nice. That's not nice. You ever, you, you ever see the uh, the meme of the guy sitting in bed with his hand on the frame? Of course. And that, I just imagine that with, like, Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been another Super Bowl or two. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's get into some news. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, why we're here. Things, <laughs> um, to talk about. Uh, as far as the Jets go, it looks like... Um, uh, Josh McCown is going to start for the Jets. Um, now, Robbie Anderson. Not is, practicing, I believe. He's not practicing today. If he does play, you know, he's more of an option than he would have been with. Uh, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, you know, with Sam Darnold. I mean, would he even see coverage from Davis White? I he mean, would. I mean, he did burn Davis White last year for a touchdown. Um, but this year's Davis White is a lot different from last yeah, year. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider it. And the fact that he's coming off an injury, he's not practicing. The only one I'm starting from either of these two games is the defenses. Right. <laughs> Just start both defenses. Yeah. This game could end like 14 to 17, and both and all four of those touchdowns can be defensive. Um, but yeah, so a, a couple a couple notes. Uh, Muhammad Sanu returned to practice. Um, we got gold. We got who else we got here? We got a few guys. Uh, Allen Robinson. I was back in practice. He's calling himself 100%. Mike Evans is back to practice. Uh, A.J. Bouye is, it doesn't look like he's going to play this week, but it doesn't really affect the Jaguars too much. It'll, it'll. I'm sorry, the Colts too much. It, it'll definitely help their offense because they won't have a shutdown corner on the other side. Um, obviously, T.Y. Hilton is going to get shadowed uh, by Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you got uh, Denzel Ward returned to practice. Um, you know, so that's that's a that's a good sign. For them, for that defense, um, Darren Sproles. This is hilarious. He re-injured his hamstring. Oh, the, the sun's bothering you. Yeah, sun's bothering me. He's now over here. We're just using the same mic now. Say hi. Hello. 
Hello. So Darren Sproles, uh, I think, re-aggravated his hamstring injury. You didn't pause it, did you? No. Okay. Just want to make sure I wasn't sitting here <laughs> talking for no reason. He re-aggravated his hamstring injury. He hasn't played since, what is it now, week two, know. three? But, like, he was, like, a legit... <laughs> If he was healthy, he had a legit shot to get like fifty percent of snaps if, if he played. But be really but involved now, in the passing but game. Now, you know, now I'm actually more interested in Josh Adams, you know, because of the fact that Darren Spills isn't going to be back in this mix. He might retire tomorrow. It's very likely that Darren Spills is going to retire now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was just looking for that one more ring. I guess. But I, guess. I don't know. Um, maybe he's just bored. He's bored at home. Yeah. He just wants something to do. He's just like, you know what? I don't like my hamstring anyway, so let me just go play football even though I've been injured for like the last two years. Yeah, no, but, uh, you know, I think if Josh Adams is available, um, I think in standard leagues it might be worth just taking a shot at it with an extra bench spot just because he can evolve into the early down back like a J.J. You know, Mm -hmm. get like 16, 17 carries, um, you know, a game. Now the offensive line is a little iffy. Right now, it's not the same offensive line it was in the beginning of the season. Uh, but, yeah, it's something to consider. Uh, Sammy Watkins isn't practicing today. Not a good sign for him this week. He, he had some pain in that foot. Um, so it's likely that he won't play. We'll, we'll see what his practice status is tomorrow. Um, I think that's about it. Um, was, there any, was there anything else? I don't think so. There weren't too many injuries to monitor the, this this week. Um, Marlon Mack was limited. Yesterday, is there any word on whether he's back in practice today? I think he was doing individual drills on the side. Today? That's not... I mean, if he's another limited practice after a bye, that's not a good sign. Let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm checking that right. right. Yeah. I'm, are, you, are you checking on it too? I'm trying, yeah. Let's see. I'm just on ESPN. Um, he practiced in a limited fashion Wednesday. Right. Thank you for that. That's all I see too. So, I guess they didn't practice yet. Um... Chris Thompson isn't practicing today either. Um, it, it would have been a good matchup if he's able to make it against the Bucks in that pass-catching role, but it doesn't look like he is practicing today. So let's see what his uh, status is tomorrow. Uh, Chris, uh, Jameson Crowder returned to practice in some capacity today. We don't know whether it was a full or not. Um, you know, He hasn't practiced in a while because of that ankle injury, so we'll see what's up with him. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much all we got uh, for now. Do you want to touch on Le'Veon a little bit? Yeah, I'll just... <sighs> Every time I talk about Le'Veon, Yeah, I'm, I'm so sick and tired. Can I just do, like, a real abbreviated version of it so we don't go crazy? I'm going to do, like, a real abbreviated one. Bell types upside down for attention. James Conner's doing good. Down, yeah. um, he mean, needs it, to show up by Tuesday to be eligible to play for this season. So the saga will be over by next Tuesday, at least. If you're a James Conner owner... Hold tight. There's a good chance Le'Veon Bell does not return. If he sits out the whole entire year, um, he's still making money somewhat, and he can still, uh, I think he's technically could be a, I think we were talking about a franchise tag for a third year, which would give him a $25 million contract. Which probably wouldn't happen. Which under the collective bargaining agreement. So I guess it's kind of like a loophole in his his contract. No, 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 here's the thing. Uh Uh-huh. are you the question is are you making any moves for or against or like trying to trade for or trying to trade away either Le'Veon or James Conner right now? I'm trying to trade for James Conner. You're trying to trade for James Conner. Um because I okay. find it more likely that Bell does not return. And what kind of point? value are you looking to give away for James Conner right now? 
the lowest possible I can. So, um, it, it you depends know, on the, I guess, so, like, like right now, all signs are pointing, to, like all the news that has been coming out mm-hmm. has been pointing towards James Conner winning, like whoever has James Conner winning and having him with the rest of the season. So I don't, I don't think people are willing to really trade him away. Yeah, and, and I get that. But let's say if I have someone like Delvin Cook, I've gone the whole entire year without Cook. Okay. Well, not like the whole entire year without Cook, but basically a good part of the season without Cook. You would trade Cook. away Delvin Cook for James Conner right now? Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't because um, we there is still a, a plausible uh, – is it, there's a potential um, well, situation no, no. Where, where like Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. would return. And this either becomes his backfield or becomes a timeshare. That's still possible. That's in the realm of possibility. Here. Well, okay, let's let's say in the chance that you are kind of like mediocre in your league. You don't have the best team, okay. right? Because you've had Delvin Cook this whole year. He's kind of been screwing you sure. over. You need a guy like James Conner who would you get who will get you that many points per game guaranteed every single week. So if you want any chance at winning the league, yeah. do you take the risk and I, trade for Conner? I, I don't think you do with Dalvin Cook because if you're in the middle of the pack mm-hmm. and Dalvin Cook is healthy, which he showed this past week. Um, but what if he re his hamstring? He can. He can. But you're trading away. Um, you're kind of trading away your only hope. If like if James Conner, like if Bell comes back, you're comes absolutely back, screwed. You're but at the same time, yeah, if, I mean, it's like a, if you it's don't a get the risk, right? Yeah, like if you don't get the guy like Conner, who's a top five running back right now, then maybe you don't win at all. Yeah, no, I get it. So I, I, it's a risk if you're in a certain if in, if you're in a very specific situation. Maybe I'll take the risk, and yeah. maybe I'll do that. Um, I guess in general, it depends on the person. I guess and, the point is like it's such an unknown. <laughs> Yep. Where, like, you know, we can't tell you, like, oh, this is what you should be doing, and this is what we think. And even, it doesn't really matter what we think at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you shouldn't be making... Because what's going to happen it. is happen, whether we say it or not. Exactly, it's going to so. happen. So, that's that's the whole point of this. That's why I kind of wanted to bring, it, bring that up. Uh, but, okay, let's get into the starts now. Um, I like when you're here, man. It's so much better. I can actually have someone to talk to. You can always put a mirror. You see the mirror? Yeah, I see a mirror. You can always just like rotate and just like stare at you. That's what I did last week. You did? On Tuesday, that's what I did actually. I was just staring into the mirror talking. It was kind of like I was talking. Wear like a mask for Halloween. I was Halloween. still talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> All like, right, let's get to the person. starts. Um, first thing I want to talk about is Duke Johnson. Um, we would love a larger sample size for sure from this year, but um, he's getting that work. You know, as soon as Hugh Jackson got fired, Freddie Kitchens took over. Um, this doesn't seem like a coincidence. It seems like something that can't continue. Um, he's probably going to be on the field. Um, Atlanta will most likely get to a lead, and he'll be getting opportunity against a team who's given up the most receptions mm-hmm. and targets to running backs and the fourth most receiving yards to running backs. So whether you already had him, you picked him up, if you're not starting him against the Falcons this week, you probably never will. I can see that. Um, Obviously, you're not going to bench your studs for him. Um, but it's a pretty good matchup. And, yeah, and not uh, to mention Baker also looked better when he was throwing to Duke Johnson. Yeah. You know, just as, like, how Eli Manning looks better when he throws to Saquon a million times a game, right? So it benefits Baker. Uh, I think what you said is right. We're going to we're gonna see Duke Johnson as a stable part of this offense. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a consistent weekly thing. Yeah, it might not be, like, But like what you card, said, if you can't start touches. him now... If, you, if you're not able to start him now, who knows if you're actually going to be able to start him in the future. I mean, like, and this is a PPR start. 
by this the way. A, oh, 100%. Oh, did I not mention that? Oh, I you you I, might have. I did not. This is definitely a PPO start. Um, standard, Sometimes I forget standard is a thing. In, in standard <laughs> leagues, like, I'm not really feeling that. Like, I wouldn't be starting Duke Johnson in a standard league. Unless you, yeah. like, you want, like, 50 yards or something. That's not really what 60 yards. That's not really what Well, like, four or five points? Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, Tevin Coleman. It's been a bumpy 2018 for Coleman, Oof. no doubt. Um, Last week, I said sit Tevin Coleman. Oh, me too. Oh, I got... Uh, Did you really? I got annihilated with comments. Did you? Oh, yeah. But you mean, like, Tevin Coleman, the two weeks prior or whatever, he got... If he didn't... Ha- he got bailed out by a touchdown those last His, couple he weeks. He has 13 touches and then 11 touches. Are you... His touches you cool were down. Like he so? got bailed out with a touchdown. Yeah. And he's going against the top run defense in the NFL. Exactly. So I say... Probably not a good idea. It's and not, then he gets 30, listen, 40 points. And I know that's just football. That's process, just how the game works. The process and was correct. Yeah. Period. Like, it's just... For sure. You can't look at the result and say, like, it was a bad decision. Benching him last week was a good decision. The result didn't work out. And if you do this... Ten, if you do it 10 times, you know, this is the one out of 10 times that something like this happens. So, yep. so it's just... You know, it is what it is. You, you, you got to roll with the... You can't change your result. But you can't change the process based on the result. Um, so, yeah, no. He he had two good fantasy weeks in a row, but he had, like I said, 13 touches, 11 touches before the bye. That was not encouraging. Last week, he saw 18 touches um, against the Redskins. Um, so, I think we can hope for the same... Something similar, touch count-wise, this week against the Browns. They've been allowing the third most rushing attempts. Um, they've allowed the most rushing touchdowns against them, and you know, this should be a relatively positive game script, I think, for Coleman. So he should see the touchdowns this week. Yeah. Um, Aaron Jones, you know, with Ty Montgomery out of this backfield, um, Jones' his snap share and volume is a lot more predictable with some negative game scripts out of the way, right, against the Rams, the Patriots. The Packers' schedule gets a little bit easier starting this week against the Dolphins at home. Um, so I think Jones should cl- easily clear 15 carries. In this game, um, and producing on that volume shouldn't be an issue against a team giving up 5.7 yards per carry over the last three games. Um, I think the upside is there for Aaron Jones this week, so um, I'm more than happy having him in my lineup. For sure. Um, another guy, Calvin Ridley. He was targeted nine times last week after the Falcons came out of their bye. Um, he did have an advantage on the outside against the Redskins last week. So it looks like they game plan for that and then took advantage of it. So this week, he has an advantage once again on the right side of the field where he lines up for a majority of his routes. Um, the Browns have given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers lining up on that side for the season and the second most over the last four weeks. Um, the nine targets last week was very encouraging and I think he should be targeted a ton this week with Julio Jones shadowed by Denzel Ward. It looks like he's good to go. Um, I mean, not that Ward has a chance against Julio, but, yeah. um, you know, Ridley should should get some good opportunity in this game. So, uh, next one I want to bring up. Jumping on the bag- wagon here. Sure. Uh, Josh Gordon. Yep. I know this is someone we both like this week. Came off a big game last week with HaHa Clinton Dix out of the secondary. Now you have a matchup against Tennessee. Gronk may or may not be in this game. He is practicing, but the Patriots do have a bye next week, so it would make sense for them to hold him out one more week. Yep. Uh, obviously, if you if he's healthy and he's good to go, you want him on the field. But if he's off the field, it definitely looks better for Gordon. Now, not to mention, Gordon's likely... I mean, I, I don't see how they line Gordon up next to Malcolm Butler. 
They will. I mean, Malcolm Butler has played on that side and, yeah, all year and long. I, I, I don't understand how the Titans can keep doing this. Malcolm Butler, let's see, where's the stat? Where's the stat? There it is. Malcolm Butler has allowed 39 catches for 618 yards and 7 touchdowns That's this amazing. season. All or most in the entire NFL among court corners. Right. So Malcolm Butler is officially the worst corner in the NFL right now. Right. That's that's hilarious. I mean, and you're lining up against Josh Gordon I mean, being it, thrown it at by Tom to put, Brady. Put a Dory Jackson there, right? Like that's what you should do. You put up, uh, you put a taller one. corner, if anything. Yeah. Not that I have a problem with Malcolm Butler's height, but. Gordon's a bigger guy, a taller guy, Much and he's going to have zero problems overpowering a guy like Butler. So if you think he's still your number one corner and shutdown corner, you are awfully mistaken right now. Yep. and He's going to get lit up he, by Brady. He, he is. They give up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on his side of the field. So he's uh, Josh Gordon's off the injury report now. Mm-hmm. Um, the hamstring injury seems like a thing of the past, so... He really has some upside this week. I mean, Gordon, even, I think, led the team in targets again last yeah, week. Even if with even if Adore Jackson plays, like I mean, even if Adore Jackson's on him, honestly, it's not. It wouldn't be. An it doesn't matter who they put Adore on Jackson him. Has Josh Gordon's well. a matchup beater, no matter what. Exactly. He's getting targets. Um, he's he, great at contested catches. He, and what I love about Gordon, play, like, yeah, even if play, he plays or not, I'm still starting Gordon. And uh, one thing I love about Josh Gordon and Tom Brady is that every single because obviously Patriots fan, I'm watching every single game. It seems like every game they start off with two or three bombs to Josh Gordon. Right. And it hasn't connected yet. It's going to at some point. And it's going to at some point. And the fact that he's still getting a lot of points without the, that long bomb. He led all wide receivers in air yards in week nine. There you go. So, um, Josh Gordon, I think another great start this week against Malcolm Butler. I know you definitely agree. 100%. He's, he's going to build off of that momentum from last week. For sure. For sure. This is a, a fifth-round pick. Did you see that? Um, a fifth-round pick. Did you see the uh, Bill Belichick mic'd up from that game? <laughs> yeah, it was like, watch how excited he is. Yeah, and then yeah, every yeah. time they scored, he just he asked for a marker at one point. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Did you see him uh, when Brady was coming off the field after he threw that touchdown to Josh Gordon with Edelman jumped up in the air? Um, like to catch that ball, uh-huh. and went over Edelman and went to Josh, and Josh yeah. went scored the touchdown. And as Brady was coming off the field, Belichick asked him, "Who was that for?" <laughs> and Tom Brady said, "Josh. It was for Josh." Um, and it's funny because the, what I'm thinking of right now, like as I'm saying this, is like, was Bill saying asking Tom not because he didn't know where that ball was going, but, but it's like a discipline, like. Who are you trying to throw that to? No, not even. He knew he was mic'd up, and he wanted to ask that question to like to, to, to think that like because it looked like a it definitely looked like a um uh a trick play if you will. Are you having some mic issues there? <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. How's that? All right. Sorry about that, guys. I was being attacked by my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, no. Like I think he was just asking the question. Okay, are you good with your mic now? Yes, sir. Our microphones were like falling on the floor and stuff. Um, but yeah, what were we just talking about? Bill, Bill Belichick doing Bill Belichick things? No, I think he was like trying to trick like the world because he knew he was mic'd up. That he didn't want everyone to know that. Oh, he, he didn't want to know the play of trying yeah, to like fake like, out the like, defender. Oh, no, like was it really a trick play? No, it wasn't. I don't know. That's me like thinking that Bill Belichick, yeah. Belichick was like four steps ahead of us. Um, okay, uh, Dion Lewis. I think we have a little bit of clarity in this backfield, finally. Um, Titans 
up all game last week against the Cowboys. Uh, Deion Lewis, primary running back, 19 carries along with four catches. Very encouraging. Uh, we've, also, we've always known that he was the more versatile back uh, involved in both facets of the game, run game, pass game. If you're not sold in the offense, I, I don't think it matters. 20-plus touches a week is what it is, or, you know, especially when a good percentage of that is coming in the passing game. I think that's start-worthy every single week if that continues. Against the Patriots this week, um, we know that even if the Titans – the Patriots go up. I think Derrick Henry will see will hardly see the field. I'm saying if the Titans go up in this game, Derrick Henry will probably not see the field. So um, Lewis should see targets um, while they're trying to come back in this game, and I think he's an okay start. Yeah, and again, you know, revenge game. Not that there's any hard feelings between the two, but uh... I'm sure Dan Lewis hates the Patriots. No, I'm kidding. He wants Super Bowls there. He'll be fine. The uh, Malcolm Butler said just another matchup. Facing right. the Patriots, so I don't think there's any. Boy, he, oh my God! Do you think Bill Belichick's gonna like try to light him up? Oh, for sure. Josh Gordon might get like four touchdowns in this game. Oh, for sure. Oh boy, oh boy, it's gonna be tough. Um, my, <laughs> this is gonna be the worst day of Malcolm Butler's life on Sunday. Um, okay, it was gonna be worse than ben, being benched in the Super Bowl. Okay, Marlon Mack. Uh, Jacksonville's allowing four and a half ca- yards per carry. Over the last three games, uh, 4.2 for the year. So this is not a bad matchup for Mac. I mean, people might stay away because of the name, like Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But the Jags, I mean, they have the aura of a great defense, but they've just been in the middle of the pack this year, especially in the run game. The Jaguars, they haven't been great on offense. I don't think having a healthy Leonard Fournette necessarily makes this offense like that much better. So the Colts should stay in the game. Um, Mac should have an opportunity to continue seeing touches throughout. 24 touches he's averaging over the last two games. So you might have other options, but I don't think you're going to bench him because, you know, you think this Jaguars defense is still elite. Yeah, and I mean, the Jaguars this year as a defense compared to last year, the Jaguars are getting healthier, which is worth noting. Um, They have a lot of guys coming back off injuries sooner than later, but they lost one of their better pass rushers, and uh, this is just not the same team it was last year, unfortunately, for the Jaguars. It's not. I don't have a problem starting Marlon Mack this week um, in the run game, pass game, whatever it is. You have Andrew Luck there. You have T.Y. Hilton spreading the field. You have two good tight ends blocking or getting down the field. So AJ Bouye is out. They'll have an easier, a little bit of an easier time moving the ball. Yeah, I, I don't. And with that being said, I really don't have a problem starting Andrew Luck as well. Right, me too. He's been he's been money. He has. He's like on pace for like 40, like. 40 Are you worried about T.Y. Hilton? After yeah, last week? I am, a little bit. Now, they're coming out of a bye, which I hope, you know, they've been studying this defense for two weeks now. So I would assume they're going to try to find ways to get him healthy, which is the only reason why I'm a little bit encouraged. Usually when teams come out, come out of a bye, they know what their issues are and they try to fix it. I think I, we're going to see a T.Y. Hilton and a, uh, a T.Y. Hilton luck connection really spark the second half. Right. Because in the last, like, I'm going to talk about T.Y. Hilton a little later. Um... You know, he, he's combined for, like, five catches over the last four games, like, two games. So, it's not great. Um, Mike Davis. Uh, assuming Chris Carson's out this week. He's not practicing yet. Uh, Mike Davis is a pretty good start after the game he had last week. Who are they uh, against? Who's Seattle against? Oh, I'm sorry? Who's Seattle against? Uh, uh, the Lions. Is it? No, no, I'm sorry. They played the Lions last week. Where, where are they going? Oh, the Rams. See, the Rams, yeah. The Rams, yeah. Um, the potential for, I think, 20-plus touches is very intriguing in this offense in the backfield. I mean, Seattle running backs 
have performed this year um, when giving opportunity. It's, it's hilarious, right? Like, we were like, oh, this offensive line's terrible. Um, but they continue to produce every single year. Because Schottenheimer. It's not even just Schottenheimer. I mean, I don't know what it is about these physical running backs and, like, their style. Like, I don't know. Um, even last year, we kind of saw it. Um, but this year, in particular, that they're really running the ball well. Um, Davis had 22 touches last week um, after Carson already had eight carries. Um, that's pretty encouraging. Even if Seattle goes down this game, I think Davis should be involved. He caught seven of eight targets a week ago. Um, the only thing is that this backfield is like in complete flux at all times. Like you never know what Pete Carroll is going to do. It, it's hard to trust, but I want to leave the upside of like twenty plus touches on the on the you know on the bench. Um, you know, yeah, I think Davis will definitely be the guy. Um, I'm just like I think I think we're just so over the Seattle running backs. I get it. As far as Carson, Penny, but if, and... if Carson like if you had Carson and he was healthy, you would play him, right? Depends on who else I have. I, I think for me, he'd I mean, be like the last amazing all star. Oh, you know, running back team. I don't not, know not, what not, running back. Not everybody is so running back fortunate. Like... Um, I can't even ask you running back questions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like we just like we just saw Jordan Howard this week. You're like, why would you start him? It's like, I have James Conner, yeah, exactly. Melvin Gordon, David Johnson. Why would I start Jordan Howard? <laughs> All right, let's talk about Jordan Howard this week. I think I would start him this week. Um, he, he's touchdown dependent, right? Like, Against the Lions, I think that's actually a really good matchup. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even consider, like, when I look at Jordan Howard now, it's like, can the Bears defense hold it down? Um, you know, will they get into negative game scripts? It's all good. Um, <laughs> I, I dropped my uh, massage ball. Like, is that what this is? That's what that is, yeah. I, I ordered it today, and like it just came in, and it's been sitting under my butt and under my hamstring. Oh. Well, I didn't know it was under your butt. Come on, man. You just threw it under, underneath my table, That's, man. Well, you can... Well, you're the one who went to go get it. I've been putting it inside, like, inside my shorts under my butt. Oh. You said Too. inside. Yeah. No, inside <laughs> my butt. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I was like, no. what the fuck? No, Where that, am I? that has been in my bare ass. Okay. Um, well... So you might want to wash your hands after this. Yep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it was on the cheek, not me. No, no, it's it's yeah, it's fine, it's fine. I mean, we we've done worse. Um, what? I'm kidding. How <laughs> um, so, <laughs> do I keep coming? <laughs> um, but so anyway, so okay, Howard, he's touchdown dependent, right? But he scored in three straight weeks. You know, if he didn't fumble in the goal line in week six, it would have been four straight, and then it would have ended up being five out of six that he scored in. So. You know, the Bears' defense plays a big role in Howard's success. As long as the defense puts the offense in good positions, they get them at the ball, um, this creative offense moves the ball somewhat. I think Howard is going to get those red zone opportunities, goal line opportunities. Um, and on top of that, like you mentioned, Detroit's given up five yards per carry. Um, yeah, and I mean, la- last game, uh, last game, last week was the Lions' first game with uh, Damon Harrison, right. Snacks. Yep. Um, I, who were they against last week? Detroit. Do you have any idea who Detroit played last week? Who did Detroit play last week, guys? Anybody? <laughs> Call in the line. Anybody? Uh, the Vikings. They played the Vikings last week. Okay. Damon Harrison played sixty-seven percent of the snaps. Okay. Um. We'll see how much he's on the field. Obviously, didn't make too much of a difference. Dalvin Cook broke off an eighty-yard run. Yeah, I mean, like the the thing about it is that. And who knows if he was on the field for that. But the thing about it... That's true. ...is that one player doesn't make the difference, right? Oh, no. One, one player is not going to make a huge but difference. But look at the Giants. Like, when they had them, like, they were an okay run defense. Like, they were nothing special. 
Um, so, and you weren't scared of like putting a running, like you know, starting a running back against the Giants either. Um, but it, it might get better. Like it might go from five yards a carry to like four point seven, <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, but I think he's in a good spot. Um, and either way, it's not like Howard's been breaking off big runs. No, every I mean week he's anywhere. probably gonna get like fifteen plus just, carries. Um, yeah, it really just kind of factors in if like Jordan Howard gets forty-five yards or like sixty-five yards. Exactly, exactly. And it's then the ups, it's not it's huge a touchdown. upside, but like he had two touchdowns last week. Like we can see something similar this week. Um, the, the he just scores. Um, so it's tough to bench that. Like I think uh, you know if you. As your RB two, you know he's fine. Must have James Conner. Unless you have awesome running backs. Um, so yeah, I mean the only concern I have would be like the Lions, can, Lions wide receivers can take advantage of, uh, like these corners, these Bears corners on the outside. Yeah. They can go up a little bit, so that's the concern. But I don't think the Bears, the Bears at home, their defense plays really well. And I think we're gonna get Khalil Mack back yeah, this game. He's practicing in full. So Khalil Mack's gonna be back. Uh, the Lions offensive line has not been that good. Nope. Um, that you have Golden to, Tate no yeah. longer in the slot. Right. So maybe Theo Riddick gets a lot of dump-offs. I, I, yeah, I think this should. is a game, I don't know if we're getting into sits yet, but I'm not comfortable starting on Johnson this week. Oh, no, I'm not either. I, I, I think I put him as a, as a sit this week, my friend. See? I, I did. I knew it. But, uh, but, yeah. I fucking knew it. Um, okay. Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk against the Chiefs this week. Um, you think it's like finally time where we can start like be okay starting Larry? I think too soon to make a definitive call. But this week, but the feeling is yes. Yeah, and this week too, right? Well, like, yeah, this week you know you, they got to move the ball. They have to. The, nothing the about the Chiefs' defense scares you into right. not wanting to start anyone. Exactly, they're going to so. be a negative game script. Um, like Larry has gotten like last three weeks. Eight targets, eight targets, 12 targets. And last week was the time, like, he actually put it together. Last uh, time was the only week where he actually caught, like, most of the yeah, 12 I mean, targets. Not his fault. Josh right, and he was a little hurt, too, I think. Like, yep. now he got a bye week to heal up, and I think he'll be okay. Eight Extra game planning with the new offensive coordinator. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was getting at. He caught 8 of 12, 102 yards and a touchdown. He's looking like a little bit of a red zone target, like, if you notice. So, if you count, like, their two-point conversion that he had last week, um, he's had three end zone catches in the last two weeks. Um, you think I'm, that's a little bit of a stretch there? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Because yeah. some leagues don't even get points for two-point conversions. No, 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 that's not the point. I guess the point is, like, as far as the package goes. Like as far as, like, being like up an, in, that, in that spot on the field, exactly. he's being looked at. Exactly, like an end that zone makes package sense. type of thing. Um, wh- whether you're trying to get a two-point conversion or you're trying to get a touchdown at the two-yard He seems like the go-to guy. Right, exactly. I wish it was Ricky Seals-Jones. <laughs> that's different. Oh, by the way, yes. last week... I just remembered with my tight end problem, I, I ended up picking Ed Dixon. Oh, okay. Nice. I, I still lost the game no matter what. I right. picked up Ed Dixon. He didn't do anything. Yep, nothing. But right before the game started, I dropped him and I picked up Chris Erndon. Nice. And he got me 10 points. Yep. Which is, I still lost. But A little bit better than what Ed Dixon did. I do, I don't know. I just, I thought of that because we're thinking of my lineup. Right. Right. Um, as far as Christian Kirk goes, <laughs> uh, he's going to be lining up on Orlando Skandrick's side of the field where the Chiefs have given up the seventh most fantasy points. Over the last four weeks, so I will continue to feel confident. Plus, Kirk uh, has him, been a, a reliable, like, yeah, in ten P- point in PPR, he'll, kind he was, of guy. He's been fine. He's been just fine in PPR. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you're starting him. No AJ Green. No AJ Green in the he's slot against him. slot against the Saints. There's really nothing else yeah. to say. That's, that's I'm not going to say anything. That's how they're going to move the ball. This There's... podcast is long enough. Start Tyler Boyd. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, in one of my leagues, I traded Christian Kirk for Corey Davis. 
You, you to get Corey Davis? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. After trading away to the same person. Are you a starting weeks Corey ago. Davis this week? Uh, we gotta talk about that one. All right, we'll, ooh, moving on. Uh, Jarvis Landry. <laughs> Uh, Atlanta, they've given up the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. So I wish we had a phone for, so people could call in, but I don't want to give people my phone number. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. It would. Sorry, continue. No, that's okay. I mean, it's no problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little scatterbrained. The Browns are probably going to be a negative game script, I would assume, like, just like every other game. Um, yeah. Against the Falcons. Uh, but he should be able to produce, against you know, in the slot. I don't think the Browns the have had a solid positive game script the whole season like even the games they won it was against the jets it was like last well they had second. in the beginning of the year they had a couple of close games for sure they had close games i'm saying like a the solid like lead right i mean so outside of last week landry has had 10 plus targets six weeks in a row hey. and i think like dude johnson kind of took away from him a little bit because he had seven targets last week yeah but last week was also a uh kind of an outlier i think baker had his best game of the season Right. Um, well, Johnson saying... just never gets these targets too. Right. Yeah. Johnson had what nine targets last week. <laughs> right. I mean, I, he got it t- taken yeah. away from somebody. It didn't come from away from Njoku because Njoku ended up getting it at the end. Um, I see that. But yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, I think Landry could get back to this week. It's a good matchup for him, so it can happen. Um, Amari Cooper, I think he's a start this week. Um, the Eagles struggle on the perimeter, uh, particularly on Jalen Mills' side. Now it's possible that Rasul Douglas plays. On that side, just because Mills has a foot injury, he didn't practice on Thursday. Not a good sign for his availability, although I kind of wish he played because he sucks. Um, I saw a video about me, who was it? I think it was Brian Baldinger. There was a video about the Cowboys' offensive line. Right. And it was about, you, about how they fired their offensive line coach. And he showed a play where none of the offensive linemen were like picking up their uh, assignments. On purpose? Not on purpose. It was just the way the play was designed. Oh, they just, they but, fired their offensive line coach and put a new one in, and it's so much worse. It's like you, <laughs> like there were like two guys going after uh, one guy on the left, and then one of the defenders was just coming right through the middle unblocked. So the scheme is just terrible. The scheme is just so awful. I, I haven't realized that. I, I gotta watch that video. Now. So I and I, the reason I bring that up is because uh, for teams like the Titans and the Cowboys, not. Um, protecting the quarterback is vital for the whole entire offense. Right. If Dak is under pressure the whole entire night, this is going to be a pathetic offensive right. game. This is going to be the receivers don't really do much. Mm-hmm. This is going to be Zeke Elliott struggles on the ground. Maybe he gets more dump-offs, but he struggles in general. Right. And we've seen four or five games from the Titans where if Marcus Mariota is under right. pressure, the offense doesn't do anything. Right. Well, one thing to note is that the Eagles <laughs> couldn't do that against the Titans. When they played them. Exactly. And um, I think uh, if the Cowboys do anything better than they did last week as far as protecting Dak, then there won't be a problem. Corey Davis' th- one good game this year was against the Eagles. Yeah. And the, he, he lines up basically where Amari... Now, Amari, last week, he lined up fifty lined up on that side of the field where Jalen Mills was lined up with Sue Douglas probably this time. Uh, 50% of the time. So, majority of his routes are being going to be run on that side. So, if he gets... He might not get like 10 plus targets because this is like a low volume passing offense, mm-hmm. but... If he gets like six to eight, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, he has a little bit of upside in this game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, and I think they've even looked Cooper's way two or three times in the red zone. Yep. We obviously he had a touchdown, but I think there was another point towards the end of the game where uh, he was in the corner of the end zone and Dak overthrew him. Right. I believe, or uh, maybe that was Corey Davis on the other side. I'm getting Amari Cooper. You were thinking Davis about um, Mariota missing Corey Davis. Yeah, right. I was. Oh God, I needed that so much. Terrible. Davis still had a decent game. I benched him, but. 
Whatever. Either way, um, Cooper's still going to be looked at in the red zone as yeah, well. Because right. who else do they have? Like exactly. five foot eleven, Cole Beasley. Right. I mean, they have Michael end. Gallup, who's been like, who's like really. Gallup's been. He's, he's, he's impressive, man. Like when the ball comes his way, like he knows what to do with it. He's, so I think he's a great support wide receiver right. two, wide receiver three, and I think, I think that's that's I think perfect. They could be a good duo. I mean, like I don't know if Dak Prescott. Like we'll see. What happens with Prescott, like as he evolves a little bit, um, and they get like a good offensive scheme because their scheme is just oh, you talked about the offensive line, but overall their offensive scheme is really simple, really vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work out in this day and age. That's all I got to say. Oh, are you are you are you, are you doing Jason the, Garrett? Uh, Jason Garrett. Yeah. Terrible. Um, but yeah. Uh, so moving on, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. I think these two finally have a decent matchup. That they, they haven't they haven't had one in a little bit. Um, the Bears haven't been great on the perimeter, uh, giving up 11th and 13th most fantasy points uh, from left to right, respectively. So Prince of Mukamara's side, and Mara, Akumara, Akumara. Mukamara's side has gotten better. <laughs> Marvin Jones, that's where he's been lining up. I'm less worried about Jones, honestly. Like, I would love to see Galladay actually get some targets. Um, yeah, like one target the other week. But anyway, while he, I mean, his numbers have been a little bit worrisome. <laughs> I think this is a get-right matchup for him against Kyle Fuller. Um, that side has been given up the eighth most fantasy points over the last four weeks. So Golden Tate gone. I think it'll be tough for the Lions to run the ball against Chicago um, while Chicago's at home. So I think the Lions are going to have to throw it. Um, I think Gallaudet actually can, can get like six-plus targets in this game. I agree with you. Um, I think game script's going to work in the favor for the receivers. I, I'm just not too confident that Stafford's not going to be under pressure the whole entire night. Right. That Stafford's not going to have time to get the ball down the field. Right he fair. may need to dump it off a lot more to a theoretic. So uh, I'm going to bet more on one of them between Jones. Uh, it's impossible to say who at this point. Yeah. But between Jones and Galladay, I think one of them has a really good game. Right. And I think the other one kind of like last week. just. I, I think we've seen this over the past few weeks now where Marvin Jones is the guy that Stafford trusts. Mm-hmm. More, he's getting more targets, and Jones is working. You know, because he's, he's that's that's a legitimate worry for me. I don't yeah. know if Stafford's going to have enough time to get the ball down right, the field right. to these guys. Uh, Marvin Jones, obviously, that deep threat. Kenny Galladay, he's also a deep threat. Yeah. But with his size, he can cut into the middle of the field and right. make plays on the sideline. So, I, it, it's tough. It's but tough. 100%. I would. I they're both decent starts if you want to throw them in. Well, I would temper expectations and put them behind other guys who you might want to So start. with Golden Tate gone, are you trading for any of these guys? <sighs> I need another week to see who we want to trade for. If you want to try to buy low on Galladay, you may have a better chance right. at doing that if but you like, can, but it, we'll kind of buy low with... But, but I think that there's a good chance that one or both of these guys have a good game this week. Yeah. Um, so I think the time to buy is right now. If That's you were, to buy, if you were yeah. to buy somebody, would it be Galladay because of his low price tag right now? I guess so, because, like like I said, if Stafford's under pressure, he doesn't have that reliable right. option in the middle of the field. Who knows how many times he's going to get the chance to throw the ball deep. Right. So, um, if you're going to buy low on one of them, buy low on the cheaper one right. and hope it turns out, because who knows if they'll be consistent either way. Right, right, Stafford's right. not having a really good season at all, yeah. so. Okay. Uh, you, you, I want to talk about Brandon Cooks real quick, because, like, this Rams receiving core, you know, you don't know if you want to start any. You're just all starting all three. Or like, or... What, like, but I just want to like point out that you probably want to start Cooks every week, first of all. But this week, his matchup is a great one on the left side. 
um, of the offense against Seattle. They've given up the fifth most fantasy points over the last eight weeks to that side of the field. And they've been pretty good in, like everywhere else. But that side of the field, not that great. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, we talked about Josh Gordon. And I'm going to get let's get into some desperate starts. Uh, starting with Jalen Richard in PPR only. Um, the Raiders, they suck. They're terrible. Um, the only bright spot is Jalen Richard has had 12 targets in total the last two weeks. That's right. leading the entire team in targets. Right, right. So if that means anything, I mean, sure. they're going to be in the negative game script against the Chargers. <laughs> um, it seems like they want to have Martin on the field. Yeah. No, right? and, and they want to have Martin fill that role that Lynch was that sure. Lynch was doing. He's, so, just not, he's just not good enough. He's just not good enough to consistently stay in the role. And you know what would have been so perfect right now? They just get down quickly. Like they're just their defense gave up. Their offense isn't as good. And it's going to be Jalen Richard picking up those targets. It's so unfortunate that uh, Chris Warren is on IR. Right. If anybody saw him play in, uh, let's see, what, what exactly happened? Patient injury reserve due to a knee injury. Um. Yeah, season-ending surgery. He's, there's no chance he's coming back. By the way, did you see like we talked about the Raiders, but their last game against the 49ers, Did you see most of its arm? Yeah, I saw him get up, and it was just kind of like a noodle. Gross. But did you see like how it, how it, he landed on it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I love the, I love the um the warning, that Fox gave. They were just like, if you, you know if you if you're gonna get squeezed. I was at the like, wedding. Ah, so yeah, yeah, all of a sudden, it's just like boom! Like they just show it to you before they even done before they even <laughs> done telling you like if you don't want to watch this, don't like it's just there. <laughs> but anyway, Ugh. all right, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Now, the Dolphins have been very stout against wide receivers this year. Um, they're going up against Aaron Rodgers this week, so Aaron Rodgers loves his wide receivers, <laughs> right? And, like, <laughs> if push comes to shove, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers winning that matchup. Devonta um, Adams, don't worry about Devonta Adams. He's yeah, Xavier Howard. a low of 16 points a game. Xavier Howard don't got shit on Devonta Adams. Um, so, you know, Scanling, he's produced – I'm sorry, Valdez Scanling has produced in the last four games – it's going to be tough to bet against him and Rodgers. He's going to have a full-time role on the outside uh, with Geronimo Allison's injury. Uh, the connection's there. Um, he hasn't had any high reception games while playing outside. He had a high reception game while being while in the slot when he took over for Randall Cobb one game, but he's probably a better player in standard leagues because of that, because of his low reception totals. Um, I think he's still a good bet because you're betting on Aaron Rodgers. Valdez Scantling is, is interesting, the way his fantasy value works, right? Yeah. He'll either have two or three catches for over 100 yards, or he'll have four or five catches for, like, 50 yards and a touchdown. Right. Like, it's such a good balance of, like, he he at least gets those points right. that you need. And when you play week. with Aaron Rodgers on the outside, that, that's your thing. Jordan and Allison was doing the same thing. Exactly. And Cobb has been injured this whole I I don't have a problem starting Marquez Valdez. Yeah, thing. Uh, I have two more desperate starts. Sure. I'm Some of them probably on your list. Theo Riddick. Okay. So we just talked about before how Stafford could be under pressure a lot. Last night, um, we're talking about who could replace uh, Golden Tate. Theoretic had seven catches for 36 yards. If yep. you're in PPR, it was a desperate PPR start. PPR. Um, I, I'm actually. I, I would assume that if he gets another seven catches this week, it'll be more. It'll be more yards than that. Exactly. So you. I mean, I don't even have how many targets he had on here. He had eight. He caught seven of eight. Yeah. So theoretic, possibly Stafford under pressure. Could see a lot of dump off passes. Another desperate start. Corey Davis. Okay. Um, last time he played the Patriots in the playoffs, he had those two touchdowns. I believe he had one. Of, uh, one of them was a one-handed catch in the t- in the well, end zone. Well, guess who both of those touchdowns were against? Malcolm Butler. Yep. Yeah. So we got stuff on Gilmore coming in. 
but the target share is still going to be there. Yeah. And uh, Stephon Gilmore's actually been really good against the corners. But, um, you know, hopefully they move him around a lot, which they have. And they've moved Davis around a lot. And, and I've seen we've seen Gilmore going to the slot too, which is which which, which can be an issue. Um, I'm like so he's in my temper expectations spot, very very close to a bench. Like if you mm-hmm. have to, I, I I don't see I won't be mad if you want to bench him for somebody else. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I really won't be, but um, I think you can expect like a four like a seven like an eight target four catch fifty seven yard game. That's a great yeah, Davis game. That's good. That is a epitome of a court davis game he has better matchups ahead yeah but um and i went it's funny because like i went back and watched his two touchdowns from the Mm -hmm. playoff game against the patriots both of them against malcolm butler um so and we talked about malcolm butler ad nauseum earlier today and talked about josh gordon how josh gordon's gonna destroy him Um, i think uh last week when Devonta adams was in coverage from stefan gilmore he had like one or two catches for like 30 yards they moved him around and he well Devonta Adams is a different story. Devonta Adams is a totally different story. You got Aaron Rodgers, you got Devonta Adams. But just in general, the point being that Stephon Gilmore has been very good this year. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's Um, been great. Last desperate start just came to me now. Yep. Vance McDonald. Okay. Desperate tight end start. If you're in a position, you're really the desperate, desperate tight end. Primetime game. uh, Both Panthers corners have been good this year, right? I mean, last week we saw what. Yeah, we saw what Bradbury did to Mike Evans. Not that there's going to be any issue for Antonio Brown over anyone in the okay. NFL, yeah. but it could open up more opportunity for someone like Vance McDonald. Yeah, I mean, you field. saw that Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, loved his slot receiver. Like, yeah. where did that come from? That was, uh, what's his name? That was Jameis's guy. Um, can you think of... Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys, right? Now. Okay, there it was. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know if you were trying to. Those slot wide receiver, like, like I was it's like, uh... like I was making a wrestling, uh, you know, like <laughs> uh, introduction for 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 Adam Humphreys. But yeah, no, I mean that was Jameis's guy, and all of a sudden Humphreys has an amazing game. And I think, and I mentioned this like earlier this week, it might have just been because um, Ryan Fitzpatrick was avoiding those corners on the outside. Yeah. Um. So. And, like, you know, if you wanted to start uh, somebody like, since we're on the subject, Chris Godwin, um, you know, the Redskins, they struggle on the perimeter. Um, they actually have a really good slot corner. Yeah, they do. And they're giving up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers on both the left side and the right side of the field. Um, it, it does suck that Godwin only had three targets last week. But, like you said, the Panthers have good corners on the outside. Um I'm not going to take one bad game from Godwin and say, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't like his wide receivers on the outside anymore. No, that's not true. Um, Godwin has had a touchdown in each of his first three games with Fitz, so I'm not. So I'm back on Godwin. You know, it's not a must start, but like he's a good start if you need some help at wide receiver during buys, if you need a flex, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I do like that. I do, I do like that that call advance. Like it, it could definitely happen. Um, yeah, it's for tonight for my DFS lineup. I have a uh, James Conner as my captain, just of course, because you have to. You kind of have to. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey, Kim Newton. Um, interest. Excuse you, sir. Uh, Chris McCaffrey, Chris Boswell, yeah, and then I have Curtis Samuel and yeah. Jesse James. Curtis Samuel is talented, man. Curtis Samuel's been he's been very going efficient. off the last few he's weeks. He's been very efficient. And then Jesse James just is like, I need right. cheap play. Yeah. Maybe he does something. I get it. Maybe so, so, so the reason why you thought he was going to be good tonight is because you have him in your lineup. 
No, I have Jesse James, not Vance McDonald. Oh, you're trying to switch it up on us. Well, Vance McDonald's like two thousand more dollars. That's true. So okay. Um, another Don't have Chris McCaffrey and James another Desmond Smart. Like as you saw with Jordan Howard last week, he got those two <laughs> touchdowns mm-hmm. because it was like opportunity. The Bills' offense is terrible. They put other teams in good offensive positions, and the Bills they, have the same amount of passing touchdowns as they do pick sixes. Oh my God, that's terrible. Um, Isaiah <laughs> Crowell, like he is the Jets' Jordan Howard, pretty much. Um, it's just not as good of an offense or good of a defense. So as we saw with Jordan Howard last week, there's a potential for short fields because of Buffalo's ineptitude on offense. So Corral's the goal line back uh, with Josh McCown starting this week. The Jets have a better chance. I mean, this is a better offense with McCown, right? Like We can agree on that, I think. Um, and so if the Jets' defense holds it down, I think there's a chance Corral can as well. So he's obviously completely touchdown dependent, but there's a chance he sees some volume. I'm going to go on a limb. Okay. Bold, bold prediction. Bold. So that means it's not going to happen. So if it does happen, you got to credit Joey. And if it doesn't happen, you got to understand. It doesn't matter bold, because bold. Elijah McGuire gets 20 points this week. Wow. Elijah McGuire played 55% of the snaps last week in his first game off of injured reserve. Yep. Uh, that's He played, number-wise, he played 13 more snaps than Isaiah Crowell. Yep. And a lot more than Trenton. Trenton Cannon's been yeah. phased out. Well, it point. makes sense that he 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 you know he was playing more snaps. Well, I don't know if it makes sense. I mean, they were in like a neutral game script the entire game. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm kind of thinking about with the Bills Jets game. Yeah. You know, this is another week where Elijah McGuire is back. Yep. More game plan with mm-hmm. him could probably see even more snaps. The Jets love this guy. Yeah. They've been saying they've been comparing him to LT. Yep. I mean, so. But I, but I think... I'm not saying set in stone. He's going to yeah, get 20 who points. Who would you rather Maguire or Crowell? Maguire. Week? Maguire. If you're in a standard, maybe in Crowell. Standard, in a standard. But in a half or PPR, I'm going to go for Maguire. Okay, got it. Like So the reason why I probably wouldn't go Maguire <laughs> is because the Jets... I, I don't think the Jets will be in too many situations where, where, where they need to pass the ball. Um, I think Crowell can get some volume. Um, but I think it's re- it all comes down to goal line situations like that's really all it comes down to for me um which is why I, you know i think crowell can be an okay start i just think it's more so i just feel like mcguire's just gonna be on the field a lot right, right. you know i just feel like he's on third downs he's gonna be on the field yeah. and some early down work as well yeah, yeah. i just right. no, I, mean, I can get that i mean he's, he's a better pass catcher he's the more versatile back i'd call him like a desperate start yeah um and i think next year he's gonna be pretty good yeah uh, they don't have the so Edo Smith is another desperate start. Um, he's not seeing enough volume to feel confident starting him. Uh, if you're desperate this week, he, he will probably be the point to start him against the Browns team that's allowing, like I said, the third most rushing attempts, the most rushing touchdowns. Um, he's using the red zone. So at least you have the hope in another touchdown. He's had four touchdowns in five games. So, you know, if he's going to score another one. It probably will be against the Browns. So just something to note there. Uh, Maurice Harris. Now, where was he this whole time? Right, while Jamison Crowder sat, um, I think one reason could be that he just hasn't had good matchups out of the slot until last week. Um, Carolina, Dallas, Giants, they're all defending the slot pretty well. Um, the Redskins chose to take advantage of his matchup against the Falcons, right, who we know have, uh, who have, who hasn't been good against the slot. I think, and this week the Redskins go up against the Bucks team. Do you want has- to, I'm sorry, I just came across this video of Jalen Ramsey, and it's a must watch. Okay, can I watch it after the podcast is done? No. Or do I have to watch it during the podcast? It's that important. Okay, let's see. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Did this just happen? Is he going to play this week? 
<laughs> oh my god. Is that real? Oh my god. Wait, Jalen Ramsey posted this to his own Instagram? I think so. Guys, listen, go to Jalen Ramsey's Instagram right now. It's spelled J A L E N A Ramsey. So Jalen A Ramsey. Normally I would have waited until after the podcast, but that popped up notifications and I. What the hell do you want to show me right now? But it was totally <laughs> worth it. Please go watch that. <laughs> I'm going to retweet it on. Uh... Oh my God. Oh my Christ. God. So anyway, this video that Joey just showed me was Jalen Ramsey. Just go watch it. But Jalen Ramsey's like playing basketball and he attempts a dunk and and like he just gets shitted on by the rim and he <laughs> flips backwards he flips backwards and almost falls on his head and he, maybe he does i don't even know like you can't see that part but just watch it all right moving on uh so i want to talk about maurice harris real quick so like he has a, a good matchup this week basically is what i'm saying against the bucks um vegas sees this game as a 51 and a half point total um if there's any concern of harris playing on the outside you know, because Paul Richardson obviously got hurt. And he was playing some on the outside. But Jay Gruden said that that's going to happen once Crowder gets back. At which point I won't be interested in Harris anymore. Um, he's closer to a flyer this week. If you need a PPR bye week fill-in, he's not a bad option. Um, he caught 10 or 12 targets last week for 124 yards. And he looked good, too. Um, I think if this wasn't an Alex Smith-led offense, I think he can do some really big things, even on the outside. He's a very talented receiver. One note is that Jameson Carr did uh, dress for practice today. He took part in some individual drills. So no word on whether it was a full practice, limited. We'll get the status later today. But keep an eye on that. If Crowder plays, if he's active, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess around and start Harris. Um, I don't know what the hell to do with Mark Ingram. I mean, he hasn't lived up to any expectations. <laughs> Ten touches last week is not what you want to see. Um, Who did versing this week? Uh, Cincinnati. This I could this be a is... run-heavy week. Yeah, this could be a positive game script. Uh, if Des Bryant's on the field, oh, we didn't talk about Des Bryant at all, did we? We didn't. So, um, I think Des Bryant helps the run game. Okay. As far as blocking, if, if he's on the field, if he's on the field, yeah. and if he's now, this is a whole. And other I'm not thing. relying on Mark. I'm not relying on Des Bryant being on the field if I'm going to start Mark Ingram. Right. Or not. Right. Well, let's talk about Mark Ingram first of all. Sure. Des is probably not going to play this weekend. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, Mark Ingram saw 13, 16 touches the week before, like last week. Um, he even saw a few red zone touches last week, and with those limited touches that he's had, Alvin Kamara's obviously preferred in any game situation for that team right now. Yeah, Alvin Kamara, I think, is tied with Todd Gurley for nine rushing touchdowns. Right, so he's the he's their goal line guy right We're now. We're not tied. Todd Gurley, is um, he's tied for second. I think Ingram can still see around fifteen touches, including some receptions, um, in one of the best offenses in the league. So, if Kamara gets them inside the five, for example, after a big play, I mean, Ingram still has a chance of getting touches in the area. They can still bring yeah. him in. and Because he's a good goal line back, whether you like it or not. I mean, it's just he's, a good, he's been a good goal line back his whole career. Um, I think he's a pretty desperate play, honestly. Um, I just want to point out that he's not unplayable. Um, but, yeah, you want, you want to talk about Dez? Yeah, I mean, implications of Dez trade. He's definitely a guy I like better in standard. I don't think he's going to be a move the chains kind of guy. Um, this kind of kills any value Ben Watson had, in my opinion. Um, it does hurt Traquan Smith. So, Dez is a... Maybe he gets a touchdown in this game. Maybe he doesn't kind of guy. Oh, we got light. Ooh, that's bright. But um, him being on the field, he's a great blocker. You know, for him on the field, that definitely helps out the run game. Um and it takes pressure off Michael Thomas. Another big name, big target. So this kind of 
the fact that he benefits taking coverage off Thomas and maybe takes some minimal targets, red zone looks away, kind of evens out, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't see Des making that much of an impact. Um, I'm saying, like, as a decoy. I, yeah, I don't even think he makes that much of an impact. Really? Yeah, no, I don't even think he's a, he's a decoy, honestly. Um, I don't think he needs double coverage because he doesn't create any separation. Oh, well, I, I don't think he draws double coverage. I think it's just... Well, what I mean by that is a safety doesn't need to help. That's my point. Um, that, that's basically what double coverage is, right? There's, there's never triple coverage. Like, you would have a corner, and that corner can match up one-on-one with Des. He's not really good at separating. Um, and that's never been his thing, right? Like, I think with Breeze, if Breeze throws him the ball, like, he can make contested catches. And Breeze's ball is one of the best in the league. Now the question is, will he get the ball, get the ball thrown to him? And will he be on the field? Um, I yeah. don't think they're going to take... Traquan Smith off the field to put Dez on the field because who's going to stretch the field at that point, right? Um, since Mark Ingram has come back, the Saints haven't run almost like they've had almost no three wide receiver sets. They've been running two wide receiver sets. So before Mark Ingram came in, they were running a lot of three wide receiver sets, um, and it could have been because of Mark Ingram not Mark Ingram coming back and them being able to run the ball even more, not give Kamara a huge workload. Um, Ted Ginn getting hurt is probably Tekken, part of it, too. And also on top of that, well, Ted Ginn got hurt after that. And on top uh, of that, like, you know, um, Cam Meredith, they might not have um, a lot of confidence in him right now. Um, and I think this is, getting Dez is more of a depth add for me. Um, and I think for me, it would make sense to have Dez play the slot, you know, because he doesn't have that ability anymore to separate. And in the slot, you don't need that. You can be a big body receiver uh, in the middle of the field, which is kind of what Drew Brees likes, too. So if they kind of move towards that, um, I think it can work. The other thing is that we've seen Sean Payton not let wide receivers on the field um, if they're not, uh, if they don't know the system. Um, it took Traquan a little bit to get on the field. It took Cam Meredith a little bit to get on the field um, because of the system. And it took Willie Sneed last year. It took him a little, a little while to get on the field because he wasn't, um, he didn't get all the concepts for that system. So it's a very complicated system for a wide receiver. So I think it's going to be a little bit. And by the time like it, it, make, it has an implication for fantasy, it might be like our fantasy seasons might be over because of it. Um, you might not I get like, that. You know, you might not, it might not make an impact um, before like week 15, but you're not going to start Des. Um, but I think Traquan, for example, like I agree with you as far as like the Ben Watson, like Des is like a great red zone option. For sure, um, you throw like throw those balls like 50-50 balls up there. Des is gonna win it like seventy five percent of the time. Um, it's the seventy five twenty five with Des. Um, but as far as, as far as Traquan goes, like I, I think that they need someone. They've always had someone to stretch the field, you know. And like Ted Ginn was that guy. Um, even if they had a better wide receiver, they needed someone to stretch the field opposite Michael Thomas, which just makes sense, right? Get get safeties away from him. Um, yeah. And and that's what we've seen. And I think Traquan can do that. Um, uh, I think this is a, a buy low opportunity for Traquan. Like people will cut him, um, and I think okay, I think it's an opportunity to just you know uh, buy Traquan for pennies because he's not worth anything at this point because people think that Des is gonna um, you know have some impact. And the only reason why you would like buy Traquan is only for upside. Like it's not like Traquan has done so much where like. You know, you gotta get him because he's gonna produce. It's like he has some really good matchups coming up, uh, potential shootouts. 
And, um, you know, you probably want a guy, an upside guy, uh, in, if possible, on the Saints. But, yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, like, you know, that's my opinion of Dez um, right now. I think it's more of a depth thing because they didn't, they didn't have anybody outside, be, be behind Traquan Smith and Cam Meredith. They have nobody. Like, they have to sign somebody. It's not like they only brought in Dez either. They brought in three wide receivers. Um, Dez had to work out on his own that day because the other wide receiver – um, Jeremy Curley, who was supposed to come in with Dez, couldn't make it in because of weather. Uh, you know, so like, there was another wide receiver like who was supposed to come in for Dez. And and what position does Jeremy Curley play? He plays a slot. Um, so you know, I think you know because of all those reasons, I don't think Dez is somebody who's going to play an integral part right away at least. Um, all I know is that the Saints play the Cowboys in one or two weeks, and I'm going to watch that game. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, like. I want, I would love Des. Like, I would like me to be wrong about this just because, like, I would like to see Des succeed, honestly, like, on a good offense. I don't know. It'll be fun to watch. I don't know. Um, but anyway, moving on. Um, so some more desperate starts. Kenyon Drake in PPR. Um, his three carries last week was very discouraging, <laughs> to say the least. Um, you know, oh, you're Michael. Okay, your mic was off for like the past like three minutes, but that's okay. I'm um, back. I, I did most of the talking anyway. Uh, but like Kenyon Drake, what I was going to say was that his three carries last week was super discouraging. But at least we have a little bit of a role distinction. I don't know how long it's going to last. Um, you know, he out-targeted Gore 33-13 to in the past game over the past five games. He out-targeted him 6-1 to last week. So one would assume the Packers are going to go up in this game. Uh... You know, so with the Dolphins trying to catch up, you know, Drake should be the guy in the field in the second half. If you're in a PPR league, I get a cough. Oh, my goodness. You know, you just you think you can make it, like, through the whole thing, but... And then your throat's just like... You you, your throat's just like, nope, nope, sorry. Uh, anyway, if you're in a PPR league this week, um, I think Drake can actually have a decent floor in this game, along with the upside we've seen from him in random games this season. So if you're in need of a back during the bye week, whatever... I think Drake can actually return for you in PPR. I, I'm still, I'm still scared of Drake. I, I oh, know it's like I am scared, no doubt. That's I know these are desperate starts. Desperate. Yeah, you know, and like guys need to be desperate, you know. And if he has a little bit of upside, which he does, I mean, he's had some big games in PPR over the past three out of the last four or three out of the past five games, something like that. He's had like eighteen plus points in PPR. I mean, it can happen any given week. So at least in a game where you know that, you know, he's been targeted like five, six, seven times, mm-hmm. eight times in, in these past games. So, so, like, if they're going to be down, this is the game you want, you want to play him in. Play him in and he's still, did, you can't get over that. I just, no, I just opened my phone to look up some stats and the video was still up. So I just, <laughs> I had to watch it again. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Matt Breida. So, Raheem Mostert, out for the season. Sorry. Matt Breida getting in a couple games without re-aggravating his ankle injury or any of his other injuries that he's had. Um, hopefully, we can get a full game out of Breida. Maybe, um, without a threat of a better running back taking his job. Um, Alfred Morris should get some touches. You know, Breida can be efficient with 10 to 15 touches against a team that just traded Snacks Harrison, their run stuffer. Breida has seen a goal on carry here and there, so I think he has a little bit of upside. Uh, Traquan Smith, I just mentioned him. Um, you know, he's been somewhat disappointing, no doubt. You know, he didn't make a splash since Ted Ginn went on IR. But I don't think we should give up on him uh, because of how many snaps he's playing right now. Uh, he's playing a lot. So, like, the Bengals as a whole have been terrible against wide receivers. Drake Kirkpatrick's out of the field, particularly. 
They've given up the most fantasy points over the last four weeks, the third most overall this year. Um, so Traquan lines up on that side of the field on a majority of his snaps. So we can see some shots taken downfield to Smith in this game. I think he can make plays. And while a big game didn't happen last week in a decent spot, I think it can happen this week. Um, you know, he's obviously a desperate play as well. Uh, but if you want some upside, I think he's a good spot. He's in a good spot. Uh, Anthony Miller, uh, his production has increased over the last few weeks. Um, and yes, Allen Robinson should be back this week, uh, but he's going to be shadowed by Darius Slay. It's not a terrible matchup for Robinson, but he's going to get a downgrade. Um, you know, while Miller, you know, is in a good matchup in the slot. The Lions have given up the ninth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks, the 12th most over the last eight. Uh, Miller doesn't really have a high floor, but in a PPR league, he's a desperate play, you know, for like a combo floor and upside play. Like, I, I he can get like four catches for like 45 yards or something like that. That's kind of his floor. So he's more of a PPR play. Um, and we've seen him get in the end zone a couple times this year as well. Um, the lines are just tough on the perimeter, so Miller can have a bigger role in this game than usual. And I think you're kind of realizing how scatterbrained I am because yeah, as I was looking for stats, I have no idea. I just, right I just recorded the Jalen Ramsey video, and uh, for those interested, it's on my story now. There you go. So. Nice, nice, nice. Doing big just, things just, over just here. Just go to a fantasy.football.expert. No, that's not you. That's not you. Fantasy.football.analyst. Um, on my yeah. Instagram, it's on my story. Check it out. Good, good laugh. Let's check it out. Check it out. For the next 24 hours. And uh, it is 3 o'clock. That's gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, you need to temper your expectations on. Uh, Nick Chubb. The Browns, they made it a point mm. to give their early down back carries, regardless of whether they're down or not. So you have that going for you if you're starting Chubb. Um, but the Falcons, you know, they've given up a lot of fantasy points to running backs because of the amount of touchdowns, receptions, reception yards they've given up. But they've given up the ninth least rushing yards and the sixth least rushing attempts. So I'm not sitting Chubb, but if you have a decision to make between him and someone else, it's something to consider. Um, he's probably tough to bench um, as Atlanta does give up a good amount of yards per attempt. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, if you're not, you know, if he doesn't get too many attempts in this game, you know, they fall back, they fall behind a little bit, don't be surprised. Uh, Joe Mixon. I want to talk about Joe Mason real quick. I need, I think we need to temper expectations on him a little bit. He, he's a good play. Like, every week, like I would play Joe Mixon. But keep in mind, the Saints have one of the best defensive fronts in the league. They've been stout against the run. Uh, the encouraging thing about Mixon is that he's on the field in passing situations, so he can rack up some catches in that area. He's still going to get goal line looks. Um, you know, the Bengals should be able to move the ball, even without A.J. Green against this defense through the air. Uh, and Mixon can find himself in some opportune positions. Um, but I just think that because of the likelihood that he doesn't produce in the run game, I think we have to temper expectations a little bit. Um, <laughs> Joey just <laughs> threw his phone away. I'm getting so distracted. Phone. Apparently, it's not actually Jalen Ramsey. Now I'm pissed. It's not Jalen Ramsey? <laughs> it's Jalen A. Ramsey, another athlete who has the same exact name, who looks exactly like so him. So Bleacher Report posted that. And thought well, they didn't say it was Jalen. They tagged Jalen A. Ramsey. They didn't say this was the guy from the Jaguars. Also, oh, Jalen A. Ramsey is not Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars. It's funny because I went to Jalen Ramsey's page on Instagram. Yeah. And they said, that video is not me. <laughs> That's this guy. And he tagged the other guy. Oh, yeah? And the other guy has it posted. That's hilarious. <sighs> I'm depressed now. That sucks. I do so, it the off my story. Jalen Ramsey is going to shout out to you, I hope, this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn that, it. That's, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> Did you throw, your game, you throw your phone? Because I was pissed. 
I thought you were throwing it away because you're being distracted right now. Well, that too. Okay. Sorry. But, like, just because I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, another guy, you need to temper your expectations on to Adrian Peterson. Tampa Bay's run defense has gotten worse. <laughs> They've given up 5.3 yards per attempt over the last three games. But the Redskins' offensive line has some real issues in the run game. Um, yeah. Especially after a few injuries. So. Lots of injuries. I think Morgan Moses got re-injured. Yeah. Trent Williams. Exactly. So I don't know if Trent Williams is going to play this week. Um, you know, that combined with the Bucks potentially going up in this game, potentially, uh, would limit Peterson's volume um, if that were to happen. Uh, it's also possible the Redskins hold the fort in Tampa, in Tampa. But that's a big if after Atlanta was able to handle them last week. Are you yeah. ever going to start Peyton Barber again? I never started him, so no. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to you might have to start Peterson though. Like you might have a lack. You might not oh, have the two Marlon options. Mack update. He remains still limited. Oh, you saw that already. I saw it, but it's good you mentioned. It. I was going to mention that for this. Like while I'm st- like after I talk about Adrian Peterson, I was oh. going to mention Marlon Mack. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but I I think Adrian Peterson. Like I think it's tough. Like to know what type of performance you're going to see. Like, every week you just never know what like, what you're going to get out of Yeah, he's situation. been getting consistent amount of carries, but it's just about what he does with it. Because even, uh, for a guy like Adrian Peterson, even if he runs for 90 yards, which is good, fo- like football, like, that's good, great. Fantasy, that's nine points. Yeah, the standard, it's okay. Yeah, no, so, so, yeah. yeah, for standard, PPR, but if you're in PPR, that yeah. doesn't really mean much. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Redskins do have a lack of playmakers on offense with all the injuries, so you might not even see... Peterson get like a lot of goal line work, that sort of thing. Will they have a tough time moving the ball even against some bad defense? We'll see. Uh, Sony Michelle, if he's active, I think he should be started. Uh, the Patriots are favored, obviously, in Tennessee. They should be able to get to, get a lead, maintain it with Michelle kind of grinding away. Um, it's obviously tough to bench a guy averaging 22 carries in the last three games prior to his injury. But the Titans have been pretty stout against the run. They're only giving up three and a half, three and a half yards per carry over the last three weeks. Um, and you know their supposedly good run defense was a little bit suspect until they saw Zeke last week, and he put up 17 carries for 61 yards. So not great. Uh, regardless, Michelle's the favorite for goal line work. Um, we know the Patriots are going to be in the red zone more often than not. So he's still a okay start. Yeah, I, think I, I agree with that. He's a little bit that. more touchdown dependent this week. And in terms of James White, if you have Gronk on the field, you have Gordon on the field, you have Edelman on the field, you have Michelle on the field. I, I don't feel as confident in White, but he's still... He's he's Brady's favorite red zone target. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like He's, I he's, think he's, he's so tied involved. for the most with uh, reception touchdowns. Yeah. No, I, I think at, at, running this point, backs. at this point, it's how does James White not on the field affect everyone else rather than everyone else affecting James and White. And I can see that. You know, I think he's just a mainstay on this offense. He's, he's a cog on offense, period, like no matter what at this point. Gronk is a shell of himself. He's not. He's not playing like he usually does. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the last two games without Gronk, the Patriots have won both games and scored sixty-nine total points. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Without Gronk. Yeah, no, I can see it. I mean, Gronk has only had two red zone targets this whole year. One of them was a touchdown. So they're not looking to him to necessarily score. Um, another guy, temporary expectations is Cooper Cup. Um, wow. Obviously, offensive is prolific. Um, Brandon Cooks has a great matchup on his side of the field, but in the slot, you know, it's worth pointing out that the Seahawks have covered the slot very well. They're giving up the least amount of fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Am I benching Cup because of it? Probably not, because of the offense that he's in. Uh, but if Cup has a bad day, you'll know why. 
Uh, T.Y. Hilton, we mentioned him. He's going to be shadowed by Ramsey. Obviously, a tough matchup. He's only seen nine targets combined over the last two games, but they're coming out of a bye. He's probably completely healthy. I'm sure they try to figure out how they're going to get him open against the shadow coverage. So, <laughs> am I confident? No. Um, do am I, I still starting him? Yes. <laughs> maybe. You know, like, there's Depending a lot of other options. Because he's been out for a few games. You might have yeah. had, you might have picked somebody up that's doing okay. And, you know, I'm okay benching Hilton, honestly. Would you like, rather play Valdez Scantling or I Hilton? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I would play Valdez Scantling over T.Y. Hilton. Ah, I, feel, I know, how, I love how you knew. Yeah, I knew it. You're like, I, he's going to say Marquez gonna say Valdez Scantling. Yes, like, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, but yeah. Uh, we <laughs> talked about Corey Davis. Two guys I'm sitting. Carryon Johnson and Doug Martin. That's the last time I'm ever going to put those two together. Uh, <laughs> Don't you dare put Carryon Johnson in the same category like, as Doug when Martin. Look, when you talk about their talent, like they couldn't be opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, so um, we touched on Carryon Johnson a little bit. I'll, I'll start did. talking again because I feel like I haven't talked in a while. I've been, yeah. I've been distracting on my phone with the fake Jalen Ramsey throwing me off. <laughs> but um, Carryon Johnson, the Bears defense, I think they finally era- allowed a rushing touchdown yes. to Nathan Peterman. Right. <laughs> In Buffalo, <laughs> yeah. Who who out of all the running backs the the Bears face the only person to get a rushing touchdown against the Bears, Nathan Peterman. Does Peterman have more rushing touchdowns? No, I'm, we can't I'm, make I'm, Julio I'm jokes Josh anymore. Allen, sorry, we yeah. can't make Julio jokes anymore. We can't make Julio jokes anymore. Yeah, because he got a touchdown. We can because he. I was going he only has Julio one last week, and of course it was against me. <laughs> of course he had to score his first touchdown in like forever against me. I got destroyed last week in my fantasy league. But that's oh, I got destroyed in one of my leagues. Yeah, I, 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 I got a couple guys on bias. So either way, so Khalil Mack coming back, um, theoretic, healthy, is going to be more involved in the yeah. passing game. Just not a matchup I like for Carryon Johnson. Even if he sees 15, 20 carries, who yeah. knows what's he going to do with it. You get into, let's say, if you're the one. If he gets 15, 20 carries, I don't even think he's going to get that much. That's what I'm saying. If he why would you keep running that. against a brick wall? <laughs> exactly. And let's say you get on the one-yard line, guess who's running that in? Exactly. Blunt. Not him. Um, so the Bears are along three three point three yards per carry over yeah. at home. I mean that's and crazy. This is total. And Khalil Mack hasn't been there in weeks, right. and now he's back. So yeah, let's just just don't. I'm not. Yeah. Um, if he blows up like Tevin Coleman did, then you won't see us next. Week. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, this is week twelve. Week <laughs> <laughs> to week twelve. Week week ten. Week so uh, week week ten, we projected Carryon Johnson would do nothing. He did everything. Can you sell me on? Uh, Starting any any reason why you would start Doug Martin this week? Any reason? Yeah. Who are they facing? Chargers. The Chargers. Joey Bosa's not there. Okay. Um. Let's see what else. <laughs> you're, you're really trying hard, huh? <laughs> Let's Listen, see. I, you're not gonna be able to do it because the Raiders their their defense is terrible. Um. The Chargers are probably gonna go up. I think his ceiling is like. Oh, ready? Right. Ceiling is probably like Doug Martin. Days. I think he's the short down. The uh, goal, goal line back. back. Yeah, he is the goal line back. See? Are they gonna get there? Well, that's not my problem. All I'm saying is that's 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 a reason. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they would. You know, I, I don't think like we could like depend on a goal on touchdown from Doug Martin <laughs> in this offense. I'm probably gonna sit him. You know, if you're gonna, you have to start him on a desperation. You're probably gonna lose this week. If it's you have Doug him. Martin on your team, you picked him off waivers like a week or two ago, and you've yeah. gone the whole entire season without him. You don't need him now. <laughs> I'd rather play Theo Riddick a million times than play Doug Martin. This oh, of week. course. Of course. So, and for a lot of people, the sad fact is that Theo Riddick's available on waivers, and Doug Martin's on someone's team. Right. So, if you have Doug Martin, just know there's better options, no matter what. Yeah. Exactly. Would you rather play Spencer Ware or Doug Martin? Uh, Spencer Ware against in, Arizona. In PPR. Sure. 
Yeah, that's how it's where. That's easy. In PPR, it's easy. Standard. I would play Doug Martin. Whoa, see, I got you to say you play Doug Martin. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. <laughs> all right. That's all we got. <laughs> that disappointed. <laughs> it's like on that that's note. That's all we got, guys. Uh, thanks, thanks, for, uh, thanks for listening. Hello. An hour and a half. Good job. Really? Um, yep. I feel like we've been here for like three hours. I know. Me too. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for joining, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm Faraz Siddiqui at Upperhand Fantasy on Instagram. Joey is at fantasy.football.analyst on Instagram. Check us out. Give us a follow. If you like this podcast, uh, give us a five star review on whatever platform you're on, like iTunes. I don't even know. Like, whatever you're on, just give us the best review possible. Um, yeah, we would really appreciate that. If you can, if you can't, that's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, ho- enjoy the game tonight. It's actually a good game. Steelers Panthers tonight. Um, it's actually a good Thursday night game, which I'm kind of excited to watch. Um, but yeah, I- enjoy uh, this weekend's games. Have a great weekend. Uh, this is the outro. Yep. Ooh, I like it. Okay. <laughs> wow, I like, I like the.